BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Yesterday, measurements were taken of California snowpack in the Sierra Nevada, and the amount of snow is huge, 220% of average. That's among the largest amount in state history. From KVPR, Joshua Yeager tells us more. The last time California had this much snow in the Sierra Nevada was in 1952. Shonde Guzman with the state's Department of Water Resources says the snowpack contains more than 60 inches of water, tying the all-time record. There have only been three other years where our April snowpack has been greater than 200% of average. It's great news for a state that just experienced its driest three-year period. But downstream communities are nervously watching as snow begins to melt. Torrents of water could cause major flooding below the Sierra. Some areas, like the formerly dry Tulare Lake, are seeing water accumulate even before the full snowmelt. Jeffrey Mount is a fellow at the Public Policy Institute of California. Our systems are not really designed to handle a sustained, very high flow spring like this. State crews are working to reinforce water systems in the region. They warn the worst is yet to come. For the California Report, I'm Joshua Yeager. With all the snow in the mountains, ski resorts across the state could be open much longer into the year than normal. Here's Maddie Condon with Palisades Tahoe, which has received nearly double its average annual snowpack. So generally, I would guess that Palisades Tahoe stays open around May. This year, we're extending our season to July 4th. You could go jump in the lake and come back and ski in a bathing suit at Palisades Tahoe on the 4th of July. (laughs) Well, that's one idea. At Big Bear Resort in Southern California, communications director Justin Canton says he's never seen anything like this season. Overall, we've uh, received over 240 inches, which is almost one and a half times more than what we typically see during a winter season. So snow conditions are phenomenal. The temperatures have remained low with low humidity uh, throughout the entire season, which is fairly unusual for our locations here in Southern California. Canton says his resort will be open through the end of this month, but could extend that if conditions warrant it. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. How many of you listening have had this very California problem? You really want to buy your first home, but the down payment is just too high, and the monthly mortgage payments would kill you financially. Well, the state of California has just started taking applications for a new program where it will put down a good chunk of money to help people buy their first home. It's called Dream for All, and I talked about it with Eric Johnson of the California Housing Finance Agency. Here's Johnson. What we're going to do with this program is help you out with up to 20% of a, with a down payment loan. What that means is if you buy, say, a $500,000 house, then your first mortgage, instead of being $500,000, will be $400,000. What that means in real-world terms is your monthly payment will be less. This is geared towards people who have a steady job, constant employment, and can make that monthly payment, but maybe don't have that down payment. All right, so let's assume I'm able to buy the house with the help of the program, and that property appreciates in value over the years. What happens then, and how does the state get its investment back? So, say 10 years down the road, it's time to sell that house, and maybe sell it for $600,000. Part of the deal with getting that 20% down payment from us is you then have to pay back not only that initial initial $100,000, but also 20% of any appreciation in the value of your home. Since your home is appreciated by $100,000, you pay us back that $100,000 plus $20,000. What that means is that we'd use that, that funding to fund the next round of the program for the next round of homeownership. It's kind of a virtuous circle. Are there any limits on the sales price of a house that the program will help someone buy? We don't have any limits on the sales price of the home. We do have limits on income, and those vary by county. And that acts as kind of a de facto limit because banks will only qualify you to purchase so much of a home with a given income. If I make 100, and these are just kind of spitballing numbers, but if I make $100,000 a year, that means I can qualify to purchase a home that costs maybe $700,000 a year. If I make $70,000 a year, then the largest home that the the largest amount of money that a bank is going to loan me is probably going to be in that $500,000, $600,000 range. So even though we don't have any hard cap on the price of the home, there are still limits on the program. And for people accepted into the program, are there any additional strings attached? Um, I'm not sure if I'd call them strings, but we have a minimum credit score. The home must be, it has to be a single family dwelling. We don't want to have it be an income producing property. We're not doing this to help business people. We're doing this to help first time home buyers. I understand your agency is projecting this program could help up to 2,300 prospective California home buyers. That's great for them. But you acknowledge that's just a drop in the bucket when it comes to the number of Californians trying to buy their first home. Just because you can't help everybody doesn't mean you shouldn't help anybody. 
every single family that we changed from renting to owning, we made a huge difference in their lives. And by contributing to that generational wealth aspect, we've changed lives for generations to come. And that's really what this program is all about. Increasing that generational wealth, increasing the opportunity for home ownership for communities that have traditionally been marginalized or completely left out of the home buying process. And people will be able to get into their homes by when? Well, we've already had people locking rates and it depends on how quickly the lenders can turn things around. I mean, we can have people in houses within the next month or two. And if you're looking to apply for the Dream for All program, where do you go? They'd go to our website at calhfa.ca.gov slash dream. Again, that's calhfa.ca.gov slash dream. We've been speaking to Eric Johnson of the California Housing Finance Agency. Mr. Johnson, thanks for joining us on the California Report. Saul, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for your time. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, April 4th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation. Accepting nominations now for the 2024 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards at irvineawards.org. Hint. Fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple. In stores or delivered from HintWater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!